If you're hanging out on the north side of Houston, you've got to check out the Farm Drinkery. It's an awesome dive bar located in spring off of Champions Forest in Luetta. They've got 22 beers on tap, which you know what that means. They are representing the H-Town beer scene. But that's not all. They got great food too. My personal recommendation is to try out the world-famous wings. But the only thing better than an awesome new dive bar is a beer and food discount. You heard it. Bearing Ain't Easy podcast listeners can go in and give the code BEERNERD20 for 20% off your bill. That's BEERNERD20 for 20% off. Come for the great atmosphere and stay for the free high fives. God damn, I need IPA. This is Bearing Ain't Easy, your podcast for beer humor, dad humor, and beer tastings from Texas and beyond. So crack one if you got one and turn it up. All right, everyone, welcome to Beer and Ain't Easy, Season 2, Episode 6, our inaugural peanut butter stout episode with Adam, Ryan, and Drew. Wow, you're just going to go out bold and just name the episode right at the start. I'm not beating around the bush anymore. That's what she said. I'm just glad I moved back up into second place. Yeah. We heard our listeners loud and clear. There's been a whole lot of BS going on the last couple episodes, and uh, we had to go with a beer-centric episode tonight, and that episode is all about peanut butter stouts. The listeners have been begging for a peanut butter stout off, and we're giving it to them. So, I mean, with peanut butter stouts, it's which one do we like the best? Is peanut butter even a good adjunct in a beer? Like, there's a lot of questions we need to answer today. Which is the most peanut buttery? We'll find out. That's what I want to know. That's what I'm here for. I mean, I think we got to open it up with a question right off the bat. One of the questions we're here to answer is which beer is the most peanut buttery? But my question to y'all is, is that even a good thing? I think there's only one way to find out. I think peanut butter, like I love peanut butter. So going into this, like I feel like that's one of my favorite stout additives. So I'm going in with high expectations on what we're drinking today. What do y'all think? I agree. I love peanut butter. So I, I don't think you can get too peanut buttery, but uh, I'm hoping we'll we'll test that theory today. I don't feel like I'm in position to answer that question yet. I need to go through the experiment and at the end of the experiment, I'll tell you. That's fair. And I, I got to mention before we introduce our beers is we're recording on Thanksgiving night and it is a very special occasion because Ryan is actually physically in the lab tonight. So we don't have to deal with that remote podcast bullshit. So I'm, I'm expecting big things from the sound on our episode today. Other than the fact that we have like 400 people in the house and they're playing music really loud and it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> so welcome, sorry about that, listeners. Welcome to the studio, Ryan. <laughs> I feel like there's an energy that hasn't been here in previous episodes. It's that and the coffee we just hammered after <laughs> after drinking all day. <laughs> Adam that was drinking could, bourbon. <laughs> that could have to do with the 10 bourbons I had before the episode. <laughs> Trying to power through that food coma. <laughs> yeah, power through the food coma, Adam's bourbon coma. <laughs> Got some coffee in the system. We're ready to hit some stouts. I had a power nap, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, a cold front rolled through earlier. It's nice and chilly now. Perfect time to bust into these thicker peanut butter stouts. 
with that, Ryan, you want to introduce our first stout? We got four on the menu tonight. Yeah, so the first one we're going to do is uh, the first one I knew about, my first love, uh, Belching Beaver's Peanut Butter Milk Stout. It is a uh, 5.3% alcohol. And uh, for our next stout on the list, I've got the Wild Car Bitches. It is Martin House Brewing Company. Uh, so we know it's going to get a little weird. So not only is this a peanut butter stout, it's a limited release pretzel stout. So there's peanut butter and pretzel in there. So I, I have a feeling this one may taste a little different than the rest, coming in at 6.5% ABV. My uh, preliminary prediction is that one's going to be a little funky. Salty as AF is my prediction. <laughs> All right. So beer number three is peanut butter temptress. Imperial Milk Stout by Lakewood Brewing. This one is coming in at 9.1% ABV. Yeah, and I should have mentioned that both Martin House and Lakewood are coming in from that Dallas-Fort Worth general area. So our last one coming in at our highest ABV at 11.8% is Saloon Door's Ridiculous AF. So this one's actually a peanut butter and chocolate Russian Imperial Stout. So I'm expecting this one to pack the punch, but uh, we'll find out. Yeah, and we had to put a little asterisk there. So if you remember from one of our previous episodes, we had Sylvia on, and she was talking big things about Tasty AF, which is their peanut butter milk stout. But that's not currently available in cans, so we had to do the do one up with Saloon Door and go Imperial Stout. Can you handle it? So speaking of that Sylvia episode, I did say that Tasty AF was the only peanut butter stout that I would put up against Belching Beaver. So we have not not the exact apples to apples, but I'm, I'm curious to see how these stack up and also in relation to these other ones we have. It will be interesting. The first question that all of the listeners are dying to know is how do adjuncts work in beers? And there's no one more qualified in terms of hosting this podcast <laughs> <laughs> than Ryan to answer that question. There's thousands of people more qualified, but no one more qualified in terms of a host of this podcast in this room. than Ryan. So Ryan, I will turn it over to you while we sip on our first beer. Yeah, my qualifications are a, a phone call away. So, I mean, I guess technically um, there's the German Ryan Heitzkabat uh, brewing rules where the only thing that a beer can have when you're brewing it is barley, uh, hops, water, and yeast. So anything outside of that technically is considered an adjunct, which really kind of caps your creative abilities. I have my personal opinions against that. Um, Let's hear those personal opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> Let the cat, I'm glad you asked, Drew. <laughs> Let the cat out of the bag, Ryan. I think all the so, listeners are wondering what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so those rules were made way 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 back in the day like very old in the early days of of commercial brewing how long ago way 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 back in the day um ad <laughs> my personal opinion about this is when beer started spreading and other people started trying to mimic some of the classic styles that were getting brewed um they didn't have access to the exact same brewing materials so they started using whatever they had available or what was cheap to them and so the beer kind of started to change. And I think they were very protective about what they had. And they passed these laws saying that this is the only thing that can be considered beer. So really, I don't think it's a purity thing. I think it's more of a protecting their, you know, quote unquote brand type of thing. 
I think it's just a, a BS thing. What What's really a pure beer or not? So I have a question. How much peanut butter is actually put into a batch of peanut butter stout? That's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> Damn it, Ryan. <laughs> what, are you, to, what are you bringing yeah. to this goddamn podcast? I'm supposed to, supposed to be the guy that knows these things. Nah, but speaking of adjuncts and how they relate to this episode with the peanut butter stout, you can't really just add straight peanut butter into the boil or anything because it's so uh, fatty and oily um, that it'll just like ruin the mouthfeel, get rid of all the head retention. It'll just be like a nasty beer. So what you got to do is you got to extract that oil and fat. And so there's um, a product called PB2. It's like powdered peanut butter, which is exactly what that is. It's all that oil and fat taken out. It's like a yeah peanut butter powder. So you can just literally throw that in if you want. The other option is just get peanut butter flavored syrup and just add that in either the fermenter or the bright tank. And that's what the easiest way to do it is. And you can't really tell the difference. The problem with PB2, and I've, I've heard of a brewery that this happened to, is you throw it in the fermenter and it's this powdered stuff. And so when you go to transfer it to a bright tank or go to keg it, when it settles on the bottom, it can clog up your pipe work. And then you're stuck with all of your beer in your tank and you can't really get it out. And you basically ruin an entire batch of beer. So there's a little bit of risk to using like the quote unquote real stuff. I could see like throwing some creamy ass peanut butter into the kettle and like trying to clean that shit out. Like, uh, sounds miserable. Um, if you just add peanut butter to like a stout... It's just going to taste like a unbalanced, like just straight up like peanut butter syrup, whatever. Um, so you kind of have to add extra stuff to give it a little bit of depth of flavor. So like most of the common stuff is like toasted cocoa nibs. A lot of them will add a little bit of coffee. I've heard rumors online that um, that's what Belching Beaver adds is a little bit of coffee um, just to get some of those other. What about pretzels? Is pretzels a common occurrence? Hey, we're going to find out. I haven't got to that one yet. We're going to find out if that one's an acceptable addition. I feel like Martin House with throwing the pretzels in there. It's like, have you ever seen memes where they'll show something? It's like every time that Martin House makes a beer, we stray further away from God. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like you throw some fucking pretzels in there. So that's peanut butter. We're adding this powdered peanut butter stuff. When you have a stout that just has like vanilla or chocolate, like, is that like a lot different or can you get that naturally from, I mean, is that all still additives to get anything other than just a roasty? Like, I guess I don't fully understand how stouts get their different flavor profiles. Yeah. So the main way they get it is just, um, the grain bill, just different proportions of, of the normal malts versus the roasted malts and different there's all different levels from you know like really lightly roasted down to like or burnt to a crisp like black as hell malts and you just do different percentages of those to kind of give they all give different characteristics like you know, like your ambers and your reds are a little bit more caramely those are the lightly roasted malts and then you know, obviously your stouts give you those um that kind of bitterness and then a little bit lighter than that you kind of get more of those chocolatey kind of notes so in the pure stouts, you can get a lot of that flavor. And then all those extra additives just like gives it a little bit of kick on, on a lot of this. Like chili. Yeah. <laughs> Jalapeno beers. See, like my level of understanding is like bourbon barrel aged stouts. Because I know you put it in a bourbon barrel and it's going to soak up that bourbon flavor. So like that's, I appreciate you uh, educating us on these adjuncts. But I do have a bonus question. How does a golden stout work? I actually happened to ask this question to my brother. They brew the golden ale and then 
they'll just add a little bit of uh, flaked oats for that thicker mouthfeel that you typically get with the stout. They'll add a little bit of a little bit of like cocoa nibs and like coffee beans, and basically just steep the beer a little bit with that, um, just to give some of those hints of flavor um, without actually adding those roasted malts. So kind of like the adjunct idea, they just kind of fake that flavor in at the end, and uh, that's that's pretty much how you do it. So when you make a golden stout, you're actually brewing a golden ale and then steeping in some. Yeah, using adjuncts to fake the flavor of the stout. Yeah, interesting. <sighs> so. You could connect the dots. We had some weird beers this weekend out at No Label. And so along those same lines, they had made a coffee Hefeweizen. So would that be the same thing? You make a Hefeweizen and then you steep it to try to get some coffee flavor in that son of a bitch? Yeah, exactly. Uh Um, Uh Yeah, whether they add that, you know, almost like a dry hop type thing in the fermenter or add it towards the end of the boil, I'm not not 100% sure, but I know they just add those adjuncts you know towards the end of the process somewhere um, just to get those flavors in the more you know all right is there a place where you draw the line on what's acceptable to put in a stout because like i feel like peanut butter is a totally acceptable adjunct i'm okay with chili there's a lot of things but is there anything that you're considering off limits or you just it's too weird for you (laughs) and you don't have to say pretzels until we finish this episode (laughs) I've had oyster stouts. They use oyster mushrooms, by the way. <laughs> oh, not that seafood? Okay. I'm pretty sure. We might need to fact check that. And I couldn't really tell the difference. A shrimp stout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that was going pretty far for me. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Straight further from God here. <laughs> A tuna stout. Adam, is there anything, any stout adjunct that you're just like, no, just stop? Tuna is where you draw the line. <laughs> Tuna is where you draw the line. I mean, I'm not like really into too funky of beers, and so I've had like a s'mores. Uh, yeah, some graham crackers, some marshmallow. Yeah, and like that was just that was a little much for me. It was it was a little too funky. I'm not opposed to trying any stout, and probably the weirdest adjuncts and stouts have probably come from Martin House that I've had or Ingenious. Yeah. Like there's been some weird ones. And so there's sometimes where you, like they threw, you throw all the marshmallow and like the cereal and like graham cracker, salty stuff. Like sometimes it's just, there's so much going on in that, that you like drink it and you're, you've got that like aftertaste in your mouth. Like you just had some like weird food. And I, I think that's where we go too far. Yeah. But I do love like subtle adjuncts i think you could make a stout better that way i stand corrected oyster stouts legit have oysters oh <laughs> damn so that's not too far off with your tuna stout Adam. Uh, tuna. <laughs> hey, not not the oyster mussels the oyster shells is what they use okay still it's a like little. who had that idea it's like hey i'm gonna make a stout with some oyster shells that just sounds really awesome <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but my taste buds are like peanut butter blitzed right now. Dude, <laughs> this, yeah, is, this is hard. <laughs> the first pass through, I was like, I for sure have one that I think is the most peanut buttery. But after I've had that one, now everything is just like a coating in my mouth of peanut butter. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of narrowed it down to the first three and left off the Imperial Stout for later. Because that one's got a lot going on. Yeah, the Imperial Stout, like, I thought that one was going to taste a lot heavier, but it's actually drinkable, more drinkable than some of the other ones, yeah. so it's really good. Yeah. 
Like I get tons of chocolate and roastiness out of it with like peanut butter accenting it. So I don't think it's the most peanut buttery, but I definitely think it's like the best one yeah. top to bottom for sure. Cats out of the bag. Like I, I, I was going to save that towards the end, but yeah, sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't contain it. I just I had another sip of it. And I was like, man, this like I'm head and shoulders above the rest. The first two beers. All right. While, while we're waiting for Adam to drink his last beer over here, I got to like rant about something and it's around how stouts are sold on to go beer. Most stouts come in a 12 ounce bottle or in 12 ounce cans, but some breweries will do the four pack. And I don't know if it's because all they have is a canning machine that just has the pint size cans and that's what they got. But when you put a big ass Imperial stout in a pint can, that's, that's just too far. That's too much stout, especially if it's a pastry stout, 16 ounce of a pastry stout. God almighty. So how do y'all feel about the What's the proper size of a stout? You're missing the holy grail of of these big heavy beers of the bomber. These 22 ounce beers, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I don't even like, <laughs> don't even get me started on bombers. I, I love bombers because you save it, you crack it with somebody that's going to enjoy it with you, and you split it. So it actually brings it right back to what you're saying. It's 11 ounces a piece, and you're able to enjoy it with somebody else. So I like the fact that you can buy them bigger, just for that sole reason alone. I say go big or go home. I guess, like, do y'all ever sit and drink more than one stout in a row? Usually when I drink a stout, it's like when I want one stout and I'll have that stout and then either I go light or I just had one beer that night. I'm not sitting there. I'm not going to pound town on stouts. No. I've never really been in a situation where I've gone pound town on stouts. So one thing I will say about that is it's been popping up a little bit more. Is these a lot more sessionable stouts. That are like a little bit lower ABVs and aren't like a know, golden stout. Thick. Yeah, like a kind of like a golden stout. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're like a little bit thinner mouthfeel, so it's not like drinking a milkshake, and you can actually drink one and like still feel good about yourself afterwards. <laughs> so if that's if it's like one of those, I can do a couple. But for the most part, I agree. I agree with you. The, the normal stouts, yeah, it's just like one, and then you throw something else in to mix it up. I feel like the same conversation can be said about like. The really tart, puckery sours. Oh, yeah. Or triple IPAs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have a triple IPA, though, do you call it quits or would you follow that up with like a regular IPA? I feel like IPAs, you can keep going. Yeah. I, I, IPAs are, are, are best in pairs. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in multiples. <laughs> So since we've all had a chance to try these, do we want to talk, give our general thoughts about each one of these beers? Mm -hmm. Let's rank them. So I will go first with my favorite. All right. Ridiculous AF is my favorite. And it's really a landslide. None of these other beers are really even in the same category. I got to agree. I know Ryan said the same thing, but that is a... Damn good beer. Exactly. Ridiculous AF. Definitely for me. Number one. I'm not going to say it's the most peanut buttery because like I said before, with the chocolate and the roastiness of the just being a Russian Imperial Stout, um, it kind of blends it. It's a little more balanced. So it's not the most peanut buttery, peanut buttery, but yeah, it's my favorite. And it's not for being what? 11.8% ABV. It's so smooth. Like uh, it's good. Yeah. This is a sneaky one. Yeah. It's super sneaky. 
I will say that this is not a good lineup to follow Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's really hard, man. I know. Like when you're when you're full, like I look around the table and none of us have downed. Like we've we've been slowly sipping these things because we're oh, all bloated off of turkey, yeah, and dressing and bourbon and beers, bourbon and whatever and pie. And oh my god! I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm not finishing any of these. <laughs> yeah, this is this is called the torture episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweating over here. <laughs> These stout sweats. <laughs> All right, so second second favorite beer here. Ryan, what's your second favorite out of the out of the lineup? Yeah, my second favorite one is the uh the Temptress. Yeah. Actually, I was I'm kinda surprised I didn't expect it to be. I agree. Yeah, that was your second? And it wasn't even debatable. Really? So y'all are going in reverse order of ABV. You like the heavy <laughs> stuff? I, I kind of had a soft spot in my heart for the Belching Beaver Milk Stout. I thought I liked that one. It was a little bit lighter. But I will say I really felt like the Temptress was the most peanut buttery stout. That's what I got. I thought that was a super loaded peanut buttery stout. 100% agree. Yeah. It was, it was like drinking... That's the only reason I didn't put it at number two is I felt like I was drinking it like a jar of Jif. <laughs> but it was delicious. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So to piggyback on your soft spot for Belching Beaver, they were my number three, which kind of hurt because I've been hyping them up. I've, on multiple episodes, I've hyped them up. So it's kind of a shock to me for them to be number three. I agree. Man, y'all are just like right in step. We're in, in and obviously, like I think, I think we know how this episode is going to shake out. My number three was the Temptress Lakewood, so I think the number four, Martin House. So, any specific comments from you guys about why it was your number four? I think with all the the Martin House stouts, where they put something salty in their stout, it, they just have after they have that aftertaste that just like it's funky, like it doesn't leave like a clean finish at the end. It's just kind of like. You're just kind of sitting here like, nom, nom. that's that's a really technical term I just used. Being here and tasting the same beer as you, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's like, no. You can't tell if it's like salty or if that's like actual pretzel flavor. You're like, was, what is that that's lingering so long? It had a very salty aftertaste and not in a good way with all due respect to Martino's. So I think we just solved what adjunct should not be thrown in a stout. It's a goddamn pretzel. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned powder for peanut butter. Like you may not know the answer on how they would put pretzels in, but like let we're all just going to give some wild ass speculations on this. Shit. I was going to say I don't know. But that's not going to stop me from pontificating about this subject. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly. Like we talked about before, so you can either put them in a mesh bag, and when you put them in the fermenter, you can throw that bag in for a few days, pull it out, all that salt's going to immediately dissolve into the beer, and it's going to up the saltiness of your beer, and probably get a little bit of that pretzelness too. I mean, I guess you could probably do the boil, but that would like probably cook it a little bit. It would give you probably some like acrid cooked flavor. So that'd be my guess, is a mesh bag in the fermenter for a while. Mesh bag. Okay. What's your guess, Adam? <laughs> I think they just <laughs> dump a bag of pretzels directly in the beer. Nice. I was going to suggest like maybe like a food processor, like a big mush 
that they throw in there and then they just yeah. strain it out when they're like pouring it through the tap. They got a strainer. No straining. No <laughs> I mean, straining. that's not too far off from the PB2 version. So yeah, there might be something to that. I don't know. We're going to solve this mystery. <laughs> we are. We are. So like the final question on these four beers is a game I like to call guess the calories. So finding calories for beer is not an easy thing because breweries don't list it on there. It's not like Bud Light. They're going to list their calories, but most small breweries are not. So I had to go to some unique sources. Some people have like a Fitbit type database where like Weight Watchers. (laughs) So I don't know how accurate that is, but the internet has never led me astray before. So I trust them. Yes, it's accurate. 100% 100% of the time, 60% of the time. <laughs> the other great resource I found is if the beer has ever been served at an Alamo draft house, they list their calories of every single beer. So half of these I found from an Alamo draft house menu, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. All right. So what would y'all guess out of the four beers that we have is the lowest calorie? Belching beaver. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with too. That is the second most, or the second lowest calories. The lowest calorie is Martin Martin House. Yeah, thin it out with those pretzels. (laughs) Yeah, pretzels are healthy, man. (laughs) I I remember, like, did you guys ever, did you ever go through a phase where you, like, read the Men's Health magazine? (laughs) Or was that just me? (laughs) That was just you, Drew. It's like when you're at the gym and they have magazines and you're like, hey, I should read this one. Men's Health. Yeah. I always wanted, but I was... Too, too ashamed to go through with it. So it's like I'd go to a friend's house and they'd have one. I'd be like, oh, like, let's just, like, what's actually in these? Just flip through a couple pages yeah. real quick. <laughs> well, I feel like they would always, like, have these little articles. It was like, how can you eat a healthy meal at a vending machine? And it was always, like, pretzels and, pretzels. you know, like, peanut butter crackers and stuff like that. And so the pretzels brought it down. So. And so here we are. So let's guess the calories. So the lowest one was, was Martin house. What, what, what do you guys have as your guesses? I'm going 145. 145. Man, it's not prices, right? Rules closest wins. Yeah. That feels low for like a dark peanut buttery beer like that. I'm going to go like, let's say 250. 250. The correct answer was 195 calories. So I think technically Adam was closer there. I win. Wait, 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 wait. Did he? What did he say? 240. He said like 145. 145. Yeah, okay. he's he's like 50. Yeah, off. He, like he's 55. got it. And so um, Belching Beaver was 230 calories. Um, Lakewood, which as you go up ABV, your calories go up too. So Lakewood got higher. So that was a 300 calorie beer for Lakewood. And the Ridiculous AF, I could not find the exact calorie count for that beer, but I found another peanut butter imperial stout that was 11.5% ABV. So I have a feeling it will be pretty close to that. Any guesses on that one? 400. That's what I was thinking. Go like one four twenty five. One I found was three hundred and fifty seven. So, <laughs> so still you know, pushing four hundred there, but it was delicious. <laughs> wow! So add that on top of your turkey dinner. <laughs> this is a winning combo. No wonder I'm having trouble choking <laughs> these bastards down. I've never been in a podcast episode with Adam and looked around, and I'm sitting here like I nurse my beers. Like Ryan is almost done with all his beers. I'm like halfway done with my beers. I look at Adam and he's got three quarters 
Oh, I'm not. Barely. Like, I'm he's taking much, a sip yeah, out of each one. I'm pretty much done. <laughs> Brian, if you want any of my beers, come and get them. Yeah, I mean, I won't make you ask me twice. <laughs> go for it, Brian. Here you go. I mean, actually, I was, I was so restrained today. I actually did not go get seconds at dinner because... I knew we were going to be drinking all these peanut butter stouts. Ryan has been preparing his body. He ate less Thanksgiving dinner. He drank less beer. And then Adam shows up <laughs> 20 bourbons deep. He's over here got the stout sweats. I got the bourbon stout sweats. <laughs> you just created your own bourbon barrel stout uh, yeah. through your digestive system. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> All right. So before we close this episode, it's been a little while since we've given y'all an update on the H-Town Brewery Challenge. So I will remind all the listeners, if you want to hear the real scoop, you got to go to crossthestreamsmedia.com, check out our H-Town Brewery Challenge webpage, and you'll see our little mini blogs that Adam will fill out his information eventually. Eventually. But Ryan and I are, uh, we got some good stuff on there, so go check us out there. So we're not, we're going to hit... I think another five breweries today, so we'll we'll try to make it quick. I'm gonna kick it over to Ryan to kick us off with your first brewery. What you got, Ryan? So fitting here with our uh, stouts and uh, also the negative space release that happened, uh, I think it was two weekends ago. Uh, went to Eleven Below with the family. They were in town for my daughter's birthday, so we all, all went up there. Um, it was cool. Um, so they released negative space. They released positive space, which is basically a, they doubled all the ingredients of negative space and they called it positive space. Um, they also had Java space, which is a coffee version. They had a cask version of it where they stuffed a bunch of chocolate cake in there. They came out with all these variations. So that was fun being able to try all those side by side. The brewery itself, um, it's in an industrial park. It's nice and open. You're sitting among the production area. So you're like under the tanks and stuff. So that's always kind of, fun to be just be like feel like you're like really in a brewery they always have different food vendors um the one they had there when we went was beery boys which is like the best food truck i've ever had in my life so that was added to the experience beer was a, a great value you can get three tokens for nine dollars um so it's basically three bucks a beer damn wow uh, so great value um, for a pint so if you bring your own 11 below pint glass um it's a pint otherwise they serve it in 12 ounce glasses you can buy a glass for five bucks um, and they'll Damn. fill that too. So yeah, all in all, like great experience. Their hour, their taproom hours are weird. So if you're going to go check them out, it's like Friday and Saturdays. They're only open until 5 p.m. Or no, Saturdays and Sundays, 5 p.m. Thursday and Fridays, they're open until 9. But uh, yeah, so you got to watch out for that. That's that's yeah, a little, that's, a little that's really weird to, to not be open past 5 on a Saturday. Yeah, I've had time to reflect on that. And I think it's like they're selling beer so cheap. They distribute so much. That's probably where their like bread and butter is. So they're not as concerned with the tap room. Anyway, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. And they are very Aggie friendly. I saw that their Oso Bueno is in Kyle Field in a uh, maroon can. So I feel like uh, I I like them already based on our blind tasting, and I feel like they've moved up on the charts for me. <laughs> yeah. So they're uh, actually they're called Eleven Below because they have eleven uh, principal investors. So they have U of H, uh, UT, and AM flags hanging up in the tap room. So they're friendly to all Texas folk, I'll say. Okay. Not, those, not those Oklahoma, Oklahoma State flag? <laughs> not yet. No, they do not. <laughs> Did you uh, offer to invest? 
<laughs> 12 below. 12 below. <laughs> like it. All right. I, I'm going to take the next, next one, which is going to be a super quick blurb. Because on our, you'll notice on our taproom list, our brewery list, there's one called Gordon Street Tavern in Alvin. And I was like, that's sweet. That's really close to my house. And I've heard good things. So I went over there. And they had an awesome tap list. Food was great. But I looked at their tap list and I'm like, there's no Gordon Street beers. And so I asked the waitress and she's like, oh, no, we don't have any of our own that we brew. And I was like, okay, Frogs. that's that's weird. And so I was like, who's who's the owner? And she like pointed over to him. And so like, you know, I was feeling bold. So I went over and talked to the owner. I was like, hey, How y'all. How many beers in were you? Yeah, yeah. The details. Details. <laughs> I was like, hey, y'all y'all still brewing beer? He's like, well, we haven't actually brewed beer since COVID. It hasn't been a priority, but the place was packed. And it was no- located near a train depot that was like great for kids. There's a park there. I would totally go back there. The food was awesome. The, the tap list was awesome. But they didn't brew their own beer. But because we had it on our list, I'm freaking leaving it on there because we get credit for that They've shit. They've been grandfathered in. Yeah, they're grandfathered in. But if you're looking for something that they brewed... You're going to have to go elsewhere. So, Adam, it's your time to shine, buddy. You've actually been to a brewery. We're going to let you take No Label. I went to No Label Brewery in Katy. And there's a couple of things worth noting. One, for starters, is it's kind of hard to find. Like, it as you're driving there, it kind of looks like you're in the middle of nowhere. And there's like a bunch of old that looks like abandoned silos. And so that that was just... That's how you find it. You look for the silos. You right? look for the silos. It's just not... It's good, bad, or whatever. It just, it's just a fact. It just kind of threw me off. So once you get to the brewery, they have a really big venue. Like they can facilitate a lot of people. Then in terms of beer, they have... They probably have 15 different of their own beers on tap, which was pretty high in terms of the variety that I've seen at a brewery. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. It's probably more than 15, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there was was just a shitload of beer. And so it was fairly family-friendly. They have like a little playground. Thank goodness I didn't have my kids with me, so... (laughs) I, you didn't have to test it out. <laughs> I didn't have to test it out. Ryan did, so he can he can speak to that. But. <laughs> so I will I will say that a big piece of the brewery experience is the beer tender, and the beer tender was not friendly, and and did not share his knowledge of the beer openly, and so like that was kind of a drag on the experience because that's. That's like one of the things that I think is is cool about going to a brewery is like the beer tender like being like, hey, I want something malty. And him being like, him or her being like, okay, well, we have this, this, and this. This is the difference between these. And it was just like, nah. <laughs> I will second that. It was a little, <laughs> it was a little rough. <laughs> so maybe he was just having an off day, but I... I can't. You can't let it slide. I can't let it slide. I'm gonna. I gotta hold them accountable. (laughs) I gotta hold them accountable for their behavior. So the irony of the brewery 
is that they're called no label, but there was a goddamn label on everything at the freaking <laughs> It was like every movable object had a label on it saying, don't freaking move this object. <laughs> so it was like every table, every table has a label saying, don't move this table. Every lamp, like they have heat lamps and all of them have labels saying, don't move this heat lamp. And like literally every movable object at allegedly no label <laughs> has a label saying don't move this object which couldn't have been more ironic and, and to top that off like when you look at their beer cans which were very reasonably priced i will say when we got to go they were like 12 dollars for a six pack which was yeah. awesome but they have some of the most complex beer labels of any brewery they're very artistic so like there's a lot of labeling going on in this place. <laughs> and maybe that maybe that's why they're called no label. It's just like to be ironic. Is the joke on us? Yes. <laughs> we need to know this answer. Yeah. We're going back. All right, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna top that, but take us to your next brewery, man. Man. Yeah, I feel like uh this is gonna be a letdown after that one. But uh speaking of beer tenders that know know their beers. We ended up at, at local group this past weekend, which their food is top notch. I'll start off by saying that they have like their own kitchen. It's all glass looking into the kitchen from the tap room. So you can like see them making all the food. It's, it's very nice. Um, our waitress knew every single beer, knew the hops that were in the beers, knew the flavor profiles that differentiated them. She was like one of the most knowledgeable brewery workers i've ever come across so she was awesome she came over from st arnold apparently so um super great experience there their beers are all they're all like above average nothing that i would say like oh my god you have to go try this um but you basically can't go wrong with any of them they have a great selection the patio is super cool it's all covered with fans everywhere when it gets hot um it's not really geared towards kids at all there's like basically nothing for kids to do Overall, place was super cool. I'd recommend it if you're in the area. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> so I'm going to round this out with the Holler Brewing Company, which I think in our last episode we were drinking, you know, dollar dollar pills, y'all. <laughs> dollar dollar pills, y'all. So the beer. First, I'll, I'll start with the beer. I've never been to a brewery that I've been able to get four different Pilsners in a flight, and they were all different. There was a French Pilsner, a German Pilsner, a Czech Pilsner, it was awesome. Like, I love that. And their Pilsners are great. And so I, I was excited about that. They also had a hazy that I was really, I thought was pretty tasty. And I think I rounded off my flight with a kettle sour, which gets me to my point. Every one of the brewery challenge places I've been to has offered up a flight. And Holler was great because you could get six beers on a flight. Going back to No Label, they had so many beers on the menu, but they do not offer a flight. So you had to get a 12-ounce pourer of anything you wanted. And so, like, I left there without trying a lot of beers that I wanted to try that I would have tried if I had had a flight. So, back to Holler. That was a disappointment. Eleven Blow is the same way. They don't do flights. I feel like flights and the H-Town Brewery Challenge, flights, flights are a must. Yeah, flights are a must. <laughs> I'm here to say it. Flights are a yeah. must. Back to Holler. A few things happen that I just, I can't let slide. I mean, like, we just got to put it all out in the open. So we've talked in a previous episode about, like, things that are non-negotiables. One of them is, if you have your kids with me, with you, which I did have my kids with me, you got to have food. 
So I saw that they had this awesome taco food truck and I was like ready. I was ramped up, ready to go there. We got there like 4.30 or 5 p.m. on a Saturday, I think. And the food truck was already shut down for the day. So they had no food at dinner time. And my wife looked at me like, why did you move us from the last brewery we were at? And luckily, they had del- it was in the city, so they had delivery. So my favorite Mexican food place in the city, Teotihuacan, delivered there. So they came through in the clutch. But that almost turned into a disaster. Degenerate. <laughs> and the last thing I got to say is when it comes to kid friendly, since that is one of our, that's our thing on this podcast, holler is not the place to go with kids. We went with kids and it was a really trendy looking inside the bar. The outside had a great patio. I'm going to go there again because the beer was great, but I'm never taking my kids back there again because there really wasn't a lot to do for the kids. And my wife got pissed at him because she had the baby with us. Baby was in the stroller and she rolled up to the bar with the baby in the stroller and they didn't they started serving people around her not thinking that she actually wanted a beer and she was personally offended by that so just by the the opinion my wife is a strong member of the family and she would probably not allow another family trip there so i got to lay it out on the open you go there for their beer leave your kids at home rest in peace <laughs> <laughs> I may be going without my wife too because she will not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that wraps up the brewery challenge. That's a lot that we covered today. That's, you can tell we've been hitting the city, even Adam. It's That's a lot to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we want to thank y'all for being here on the Thanksgiving night recorded episode. And for future episodes, Ryan, do you want to tell us what the listeners should do if they have a brewer question. Yeah, to build on our little uh, brewing lesson about adding peanut butter to uh, stouts. So I talked to my my brother who's the head brewer at Nook Brewing Company. Um, he's open to answering random questions. So if you have any questions about brewing, just general beer, how to run a brewery, what kind of goes on behind the scenes, hit us up on uh, email or social media. Uh, We'll ask them the questions, and uh, we might answer some of them on uh, future episodes. So at this point, I think the audience has been well-informed on everything related to adjuncts. Adjuncts. Especially when it comes to pretzels. Yeah. We've established that. So we'll see y'all next time. This has been a Beering Ain't Easy production in Houston, Texas. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to see what we're drinking, our untapped handles are Beering Ain't Easy Adam and Beering Ain't Easy Drew. Cross the Streams Media Podcast.